Good morning. Our reading this morning is from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Israel went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord, please be seated. Good morning. I'm Pastor Tim. If you're visiting, welcome to Hallelujah. Uh, we're in a, a, a Advent sermon series called Embrace the Season. Uh, today we'll be focusing on the text we've just read from the gospel and the, the theme, Prepare My Heart. The human heart, the physical heart, is a miracle. I mean, we take it for granted most days, probably. Don't think a lot about it most days, probably, unless we're dealing with heart issues or heart health issues. But the average heart in an average lifetime will beat just under three and a half billion times. I've read in saline solution, as long as it's provided oxygen, it will continue to beat. Now, my wife gets a little easier on the subject of the heart. It's not, you know, it's not her favorite thing. When she was in middle school and they showed a, a movie, Hi, I'm Joe's Heart, she passed out flat on the floor. So if that's you, I, I don't want to get too deeply involved here with the human heart, the physical heart, but if we're going to talk about a theme today, prepare my heart in the season of Advent, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the physical human heart? Certainly not in matters of faith. So what are we talking about? There are a lot of phrases out there we use for the heart, aren't there? I've heard of this phrase a lot, my heart is full. Anyone said that or read that or seen that on social media? Raise your hand. My heart is full. What does that mean? You're feeling a lot of love. You're feeling a lot of, uh, of warm feelings. You're, you're, feeling full. you're feeling good. My heart is so full. Well, I hope it's full. I hope it's full of some blood and I hope things are pumping. But it's an interesting thing how we use the term and the phrase heart and how many phrases we actually use when we use this term heart. So let's think about that. Let's look at a few uh, expressions of the heart, if you will. He, she broke my heart. A lot of us have had our heart broken. Someone's uh, broken our heart, a relationship, a crush we had, or who knows what. But we feel it. We physically feel it. If you were to read up on this, the tightness in the chest, the aching, the muscles, the, the mind and the, and the heart and the body are all connected in a profound and mis mysterious and, and miraculous way by our Creator. Look at the next one. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Get, a, get looking for some advice. Well, just follow your heart. Well, what is that? Where's my heart going? Like, I'm going to follow my heart? Or... Let's look at the next one. Have a change of heart. Who's had a change of heart in their lifetime? A change of heart. We make a new decision. I thought, it, I was thinking this way, 
but I've had a change of heart. I was thinking the Packers would win today, but I've had a change of heart. I now believe the Bears are going to win today. Can I get an amen? Next one, a heart of stone. That was a great Rolling Stone song back in the day. Um, But does anyone here want to be labeled with this? You've got a heart of stone, cold-hearted, no feelings. Interesting phrase, isn't it? A couple more. Have a heart-to-heart talk. Don't we crave that? Don't we crave that with the people we love and are closest to? We crave that with our college kids. We want to have a heart-to-heart. Come home from school after a semester, and it's like, can we just have a heart-to-heart talk? Can we to breakfast? Because I want to just look at you, and I want to just have this heart-to-heart talk. But what does it mean, a heart-to-heart talk? Well, something with depth, something with something some meaning, some purpose. Last one. His or her heart is in the right place. Oh, your heart's, you know, his heart's in the right place. Well, I hope so. If we're just talking about the physical heart. But Scripture and our own mind and our own intuition will tell us when we talk about the heart, it's way beyond this muscle beating right now in our chest. What is the biblical understanding of heart? What does it mean to prepare your heart in the season of Advent as a Christ follower? Well, let's talk about that. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's turn to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, verse 10 in your Bible. Psalms is right in the middle of your Bibles. It's, it's one of the biggest books in the Old Testament. One of my favorite books to find when I was in church school Kind of an easy one, kind of a softball, you know. Turn to Psalms, it's like, oh, I think I can find that. Old Testament, right in the middle. Psalm 51. Let's jump to verse 10 together. And let's talk about the heart from a biblical perspective. Verse 10. It was in our responsive reading, if you uh, catch this here. Create in me a pure heart or clean heart, O God, And renew a steadfast spirit within me. One more time. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Say the screen with me if you can see those words right now. Here we go. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Now, are we, is the psalmist praying physically here? Lord, whatever may be wrong with my heart, just make a good one. Cleanse out all the problems. That's not even close to what the psalmist is talking about here. This is a prayer for the God who made all of us to do a work in us, to act, to create in me a pure heart, a clean heart. The prayer is to acknowledge a creator and the creation. The creation is praying to the creator and asking God to do a work. I, in my own human sin and struggle and captivity, I'm not going to create a pure heart in myself. There's no self-help book that's going to do that. There's no, there's no advice. There's no philosophy that's going to get that done. But a prayer to my creator to work in me and change me 
Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. It's just almost passively sitting back in this prayer and saying, God, do a work in me. Change my heart. But again, what is heart? What are we talking about? Well, the Hebrew word for heart is this. Lev. Say lev. Go ahead. Lev. Lev. The Hebrew understanding of heart, and keep in mind, without the medical knowledge we had of how the mind and, and the rest of our body works together, everything was about the heart. When the psalmist prays, created me a pure lev, the letters themselves translate into authority or learning, and the, the, word, the letter on the left is actually tent or house. So it's a, it's a tent of purpose, this house of purpose, this, this house of the, the innermost being of myself. Create in me a pure love, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. There's this part of me that separates me from everyone else. Sure, we have a human heart. All of us do. But what separates our spiritual heart, our lev, is this purpose, what makes me tick and doesn't make you tick, what my passions and desires are, what drives my decisions, what my desires are in life, how I roll, how I move, how I function. That's what separates me. That's lev. Yours is different from mine. Create in me a pure and clean heart. Do a work in me, God. I can't do it. In the New Testament, the word for heart is cardia. You want to say cardia? Bring that up. Does everyone say cardia? Do you hear the word in there for heart? Cardio? Done some cardio? Who's done some cardio this morning? Okay? Cardia. Heart. Again, the Greek translation, the effective center of our being, not just this muscle in here that is pumping blood as a life source, but the actual core of our inner self. So as we talk as a Christ follower this morning about being uh, someone who's thinking about preparing their heart this Christmas season, embracing the season, what does that mean? Well, let's go back to the gospel today, Mark 1. Turn with me in your Bibles to the New Testament. The Gospel writer sets the backdrop in the first verse. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Christ, or Messiah, the Son of God, makes no guesswork here. This is not going to be a mystery that plays out the identity of Jesus as we read along. He says right out of the gate, the beginning of the good news, the gospel about Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. Black and white. Make no mistake about it. And that's the backdrop for the rest of his gospel. He says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, which is actually Malachi. But then Isaiah, the next line, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. What word is in both of those phrases? I will send my messenger ahead of you who will what? Prepare your way. A voice of one calling out in the wilderness, what? 
Prepare. Everyone shout, prepare. Prepare. Prepare your innermost being, the core of who you are. Prepare the way is to make your heart right to welcome the Savior at Christmas. Embracing the season as a Christ follower is to do some heart work, but knowing who does the work is not you. Mark 1 continues. Join me in verse 4. Gospel writer maps out. God's saying through the prophets, above, I'll send my messenger to prepare the way. Prepare the way for the Lord, verse 4. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. Not in Jerusalem, not in the holy city. If you're a nonconformist type, if you dance to the beat of your own drum, this is your guy. John the Baptist. He was not a Pharisee. He was not in the temple. He was out where? In the wilderness. He wore crazy clothes. He ate weird food. And people were drawn to him. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Massive crowds went out to see him. Can you picture him outside of the city with all the people coming to see and hear this guy? Preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Preparing the way. Getting people's hearts right to welcome Jesus because he's about to show up. He's about to come to the River Jordan. He's about to be baptized by John. He hasn't begun his public ministry yet. John is preparing the way. In the season of Advent, we are preparing for Christmas, but are we preparing our hearts to welcome Jesus? We hear about his clothing in verse 6 his diet, but look at his message in seven. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. When you were in Jesus' day and you went to someone's home, the first thing that would happen is a servant would greet you at the door and take your sandals off and wash your feet. And John says, I'm not even worthy to be his servant. All these All you have come out to hear me and see me, John says. You're being baptized by me. You're listening to my message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals of the guy who's coming after me. Pointing to the Christ. Preparing everyone for Jesus' advent, his arrival on the scene. Now look at Mark 1, verse 8. I baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John is using water. Jesus will come and create a new love, a new heart, a new cardia within us. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Certainly when we baptize here at Alleluia, we use water. But as Martin Luther said, it is water connected with God's word that provide the miracle and where the Holy Spirit connects in that act. Where we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is not just water. It is water with God's word. And when God's word is attached to the earthly element, water, that's when God's miracle happens of claiming us as his own child. Baptizing us in the name of the Holy Spirit 
cleansing our hearts, creating in us a new spirit. And we go, well, we had that moment. Am I going to ever sin again? The answer is yes, every day. Turn to someone and go, yes, every day. Go ahead and say it. It feels good. Get it out. Baptism is not the one-stop shop to make you perfect and holy. Baptism is the beginning of your part in the Christian family where you understand daily washing, daily repentance, daily cleansing of your heart, cleansing out, purifying that daily sin that Paul talks about so vividly in the book of Romans. And John's job is to prepare everyone for the advent, the arrival of Jesus. Our job is to heed those words as people of faith and think about asking God to create in us a pure heart. Make it right. Make it right to welcome the Savior. To prepare my heart this Advent season, then, I need to turn to the cross. Because it's here that we receive God's grace and the forgiveness of our sins. That stuff, that brokenness, that sinfulness in our hearts. Because on the cross, Jesus stretches out his arms wide and says, I love you this much. I love you this much. And it doesn't matter what's in here. I can create in you a clean heart daily. I can wash that. I can fix that. I can help you understand what it means to live free, to live in God's love, to live in God's grace. And so to be a person who's preparing my heart for Jesus at Christmas, I have to go here. Because it's here God creates in me a clean heart. It's at the cross we meet a Savior who died for our sins. It's at the cross we have faith in a God who sent his only son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it. To save it. I don't know what your favorite Christmas carol is, but I've got one called Joy to the World. Um, is anyone familiar with Joy to the World? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let her receive her king. What's the next line if you know it? Let every what? Heart. Do what? Prepare him what? Room. And when that happens, guess what? Heaven and nature sing. Heaven and nature sing. There's a party going on in God's creation. When a heart makes room and prepares for Jesus. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. The king of kings. Who went to a cross for you. Who loves you. And says, I'm coming. Are you ready? Well, John cries out to us, prepare the way. The psalmist cries out, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Let's finish with Romans 10, verse 9. 
If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe with your what? Your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Now, an atheist can say the first sentence. Anyone can say Jesus is Lord. And you believe it, though, in your heart, your lev, the core of your inner being, your purpose, that God raised him from the dead for the forgiveness of your sins and mine. You will be saved. Prepare the way. Prepare your hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your prophets of the Old Testament who prophesied the arrival of your son. We thank you for John the Baptist and his voice crying out in the wilderness to get us ready to prepare the way. Lord, most of all, we thank you for the cross, where the one you sent would go for our sins, the purpose for which he came, to save us from sin and death. So Lord, may we echo the prayer of the psalmist. Lord, create in each one of us a clean heart, a pure heart. And renew a right spirit within us. Amen.